Welcome to the STG Warriors podcast. You're tuning into the episode of the podcast, educating the whole child with focus on social emotional learning using the power of creativity for all. Clara Galan, a woman who inspires. The STG Warriors are a team of passionate student change makers and STEMists on a mission to meet the global goals by 2030 using the power of STEM and 21 CLD embedded in curriculums across the globe. I'm Simran Mohanty, team lead and student coordinator for the STG Warriors and I'm delighted to welcome an incredible guest, Ms. Clara Galan. Ms. Galan is the global community manager on the Adobe Education K-12 and higher education team. A former teacher of ELA, ESL and Spanish for K-12, she is passionate about the importance of relationships in social emotional learning and communicating the whole child. Prior to joining Adobe, Clara worked building educated communities and professional development content for Amazon Kindle Education, Remind.com, and the George Lucas Educational Foundation. Clara lives in San Francisco and loves learning about education technology and tools to improve the education system. We are honored to have you on our show, Ms. Gnan. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute honor to be here and looking forward to exploring more about creativity and community. Absolutely. To help our listeners visualize the experience, can you tell us where are you located? What is the weather like outside and what do you see from your video right now? Yes, absolutely. So, um thank you for that warm introduction. Um I uh, was previously based in San Francisco and I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, but six months ago I moved to Barcelona, Spain. Um, so I'm based in Spain and outside my window right now I see a lot of green and trees and it's, it's springtime, so looking forward to warmer weather coming our way soon. Surely, back here in Bangalore, the spring has started and we are awaiting the mango season, the most exciting time of the year. Just for extra information, mango is the national fruit of India, so we all are so excited and our mouth is watering. So, getting on to the questions, what does a typical day in the life of Clara Galan look like? Also first of all those mangoes sound delicious so I hope to come in person soon to visit you and and taste those in person. Um but a typical day uh looks like connecting with educators and students all around the world. Um given that I'm in a Spanish time zone in the morning I usually connect with uh our APAC region so Asia Pacific region um and start with uh Australia, New Zealand and have calls with them in the morning. speaking with educators speaking with our team uh based in the Sydney office in Australia um and then i also uh connect frequently with our team based in Tokyo in Japan in India of course and then um we start off with the um eastern and pacific time zones for the united states starting around um 2 or 3 o'clock my time. So a lot of um days I help to lead professional development sessions for teachers. I share a lot of information about our Adobe Creative Educator program, which is our global community and professional development badging program for teachers in every subject area and grade level. And a lot of my work is also networking, so figuring out are there interesting organizations or institutions that are working in education? How can Adobe partner with them? 
and how can we provide resources and value to all of our community of educators. Uh, previously to um, the pandemic, which I know has affected everyone's um, lives in, in different ways, um, I was traveling quite frequently. So my team, we would be going to different conferences, visiting different schools in person. And now a lot of that has transitioned to online. So um, we're actually not going into an office right now. We're all based at home and doing a lot of um, meetings through Zoom, through BlueJeans. Um, but the hope is eventually we'll be able to go back to visiting schools in person um, and connecting with students and educators around the world. Wow, you bring everybody together and you exemplify collaboration and creativity. So what does community mean to you? Yes, yeah, so community can take a lot of different forms. And I think when we think about the word community, usually we think about a physical place where there's a lot of people that have our different ages, um, families, individuals that are all supporting each other in a community. And that has shifted a little bit, of course, in the 21st century with the introduction of technology. So a community is really a group of people that are like-minded and want to support one another. And in my work at Adobe, a community specifically means educators and students who are virtually a group, um, no matter where they're based, and can share resources, ideas, and all um, act as a support network and inspiration uh, for one another. Surely, empowering one another using the power of forming connections. That's amazing to hear. So why do people exactly join communities? Yes, I think um, people join communities to seek out a sense of connection and a sense of meaning. And especially in education for teachers, we're so focused on our students and we want the best possible outcomes from our students. We want to support them. But at times it can be a bit isolating because we're either in a physical classroom or we're you know, at home teaching virtually. And so by uh, joining a professional learning network or a community, we have a chance to connect with colleagues. We have a chance to connect with other educators who are facing similar challenges to us. And we can um, figure out solutions together and um, be inspired by one another. So again, I think um, individuals join communities for a sense of connection, um, a sense of support, and then also a way to seek out inspiration and share um, what they've been working on. Especially during the time of this pandemic, when people connect with others and creativity is just sparked into their minds. Uh, this is a, such a wonderful time uh, for empowering others using communities and what you do is really inspiring. So what do people want to know about the community or communities that you lead? Absolutely. So the communities that I lead, at, the main community I lead at Adobe is the Adobe Creative Educator Program. And the Adobe Creative Educator Program is really focused on teachers who are teaching any subject area or grade level, um, but that are interested in bringing creativity into the classroom. And it's interesting from an Adobe's perspective is that Adobe traditionally has worked with mainly 
graphic design faculty or you know higher education focusing on videography and this is the first time that we've had a community and a program for teachers that are teaching english or science or mathematics and what we've what we really want to portray is that creativity is for anyone you don't have to be you know um, teaching or studying art to bring creativity into your work and creativity really um, is the ability to look at a problem from multiple different angles and think of ways multiple ways to solve that problem there's also creativity in um, the visual sense so obviously in the visual arts where you can you know make something creative but any creativity is really to evoke uh, an emotion and evoke a solution from a specific issue so there's a lot of different ways to look at that uh, but within the adobe creative educator program we want to provide a community or a network for teachers who are, who are tackling this, but also want to figure out ways to evaluate creativity. And so traditionally in education, that's not always something that we have marks on, right? That we, that we evaluate or assess. And so a lot of our program focuses on how can you evaluate creativity? How can you bring it into the curriculum no matter what you're teaching? And then we provide educators with a badge, the Adobe Creative Educator Level 1 badge that um, marks three hours of professional development. And then they also have access to our larger global community, um, like many educators in India are now a part of. So um, it's open to anyone. So anyone who is who is an educator and is interested in joining, we want to grow the community, inspire more and more teachers. And ultimately we're better together, right? The more people we have in this community, the more that we can feel inspired and connect with one another. Well, creativity for all, that's a, that's a beautiful vision. Since you lead in communication and collaboration, according to you, what are some creative and effective ways to build online communities? Absolutely. So I could speak to um, education in particular, but there are also many non-education uh, companies that are building communities as well. Um, so thinking about how to build community, first, um, there's the in-person component and then there's the virtual component. Um, so in person, if there is, um, you know, a conference or a network of organizations, you can build that community through a lot of these third party networks and you can build those in person, whether it's through events or through um, uh, panels or speaking engagements to really um, kind of join people together in a common mission. Um, this could be on an obviously I'm speaking from an education standpoint, but this could also be a community around, um, you know, uh, changing a law about something and, and, and having activism and and people join together. So that could be a lot of things that are in person. There's also uh, the virtual component. So a lot of times we use social media channels to stay connected. So Twitter, um, as I know many um, are on Twitter and active on Twitter is a great way to connect communities. Uh, we use um, common hashtags. So for us, the hashtag is Adobe EDU Creative, where educators, no matter what time zone they're in, they can go on at any time and search for this hashtag and connect with educators. Um, also, Facebook groups have been really powerful um, in, in having educators join. And so even if they're not using Facebook for professional purposes, they can still join a, a professional group using their personal profile. So there's ways that you can kind of separate that personal and, and professional component. Um, and then we're exploring other social media channels. So. We're looking at Instagram and TikTok and some of the new ones that are coming out to see how we can better um, build community there. 
And then of course, uh, just like you and I are doing right now on Zoom, uh, that's a great way to connect uh, to other like-minded people all around the world and really um, you know, join together in a common mission or a common vision. So I think that's the best part of, of virtual and in-person communities is having a, a cause that you're all working towards. Um, and at Adobe for the Adobe Creative Educator Program, that is you know, bringing creativity into education. Well, that's great to hear. Finding just the right tribe of your people um, can really empower you and make you better in what you do. So my question is, what motivates your creativity and your ideas? And what role do you think that emotions play in your creative process? I think emotions are all tied into the creative process. And I think emotions um, really help to determine a lot of what we do. And um, that is why, and, and thank you for including that in the introduction, I'm this very strong advocate of whole child education because we're not teaching, um, you know, we are teaching content, but we're teaching students. Like students are human beings and have emotions tied to them. So all of these pieces are really important. And so um, within my own work, that is what motivates me every day. I, to be honest, I don't think I could be in a, in a job where I, uh, you know, was pushing a, a monetary product without any uh, kind of um, uh, solution to improving the world that we live in. And every day I wake up, I talk to teachers, I talk to students, and I know the work that I'm doing is um, in either inspiring them or connecting them to another school that could inspire them and they can collaborate together. Um, so from an emotional standpoint, I feel um, very excited and um, very good about the work that I'm doing from an emotional standpoint. And then the first part of the question around creativity, um, what motivates me is people like, um, and I know it's a little difficult with the pandemic because we're not in person, but even just being able to talk to people and understand their needs and be able to empathize uh, with different classrooms, different teachers, different students, um, that really fuels my creativity because every person I talk to, I learn something new. Um, so it's whether it's like how they're um, approaching a specific subject or um, how they're learning and from a professional development standpoint. I think um, having lots of different subject areas is also important because if you're just focusing within the arts, you can have, uh, you can be inspired creatively from a lot of different areas. Um, so it's, it continues to drive me both emotionally and creatively in the work that I do. Absolutely. Educating the whole child, we often fail to uh, see the social emotional connect. And that is the need of the art today. So I just had a question in mind. When do you feel the most creative? I feel the most creative when I am in an environment that evokes that creativity. And for me, that has been a challenge sometimes because I'm a very extroverted person and I get energy from other people. Um, so when I'm in an environment that's like in a classroom and I'm seeing the students work in real time, or we've been able to figure out solutions, right? With the pandemic, um, whether that's on, on Zoom and, and being able to interview students or interview teachers. We have a weekly live stream show that we do on our social media channels, interviewing teachers from all around the world. And I feel really creative during that because I can think about, okay, what are some different topics that we wanna explore in this live stream show? Who are uh, different people that we want to bring in? Um, so that has a really creative element to it. and. 
uh, quite frankly, launching the Adobe Creative Educator program from scratch with our team, that was really creative. We had to think about what was the branding? What are the colors we're going to use? What are the badges going to look like? Um, you know, what are all the different pieces that, that will be meaningful for teachers? And when you have a big project like that, you're able to be creative and bring in different parts, whether it's like the visual part, the analytical part, um, the, the social part, the communicative part, um, that has really been able to spark a lot of my creativity. So I think in that part of my day, when it's like coming up with these different programs or different campaigns, um, I feel really creative when I'm doing that. Wow, people and communities sparking creativity. Is there something extra special that you do to put yourself into a creative state of mind? And can you tell us about a time uh, when an educator or an education experience made a big impact on you? Yes, so um, for a creative state of mind, I have to have a very um, kind of diverse working environment. Um, and I also need to take the time to disconnect and focus on my passions as well. And I think sometimes if you're, you know, constantly on the computer and, and trying to, to get something out, sometimes you're blocked and you need like a, a creative space just to decompress and, and bring in other elements. And so for me, um, my passion is uh, ballet. So when I, you know, take a break, I like to go take class. I feel like my body is, is learning in a different way than my mind. So it really helps me to disconnect. And then when I come back, my head is clear and I think, okay, now I know kind of what I need to focus on. I also, in different interviews, when I'm interviewing teachers, that, that really helps me to, um, to focus as well. Um, and then, so I'm thinking in particular, um, I went, so right before the pandemic, the last um, trip that I went on was to London, to the BET show, which is a large ed tech conference. And when I was there, I um, interviewed one educator who is working with uh, year three students. Um, so they're around eight years old. And he was telling me how he was using Adobe Spark in this rural village outside of London um, and had given students access to, to Adobe Spark. And he showed me the way in which he was using it. And I had never seen anything like this before, was that these eight-year-old students went to the local deli. So the deli, that supermarket, but very small, like family owned. And they interviewed the owners of this deli, took pictures of, you know, the offerings, the food, the sandwiches. And then they, the, the students worked together to create a Spark page that actually ended being the website for this local deli. And the link was live, they were sharing it. And so what an empowering opportunity for students, even though they're so young, they can create something that's so meaningful for the local community. Um, it, it serves as benefit to that local deli. Um, and I just thought that was such a great use of, you know, giving a real world experience to these students, having an authentic audience, and then they're bringing in all different kinds of skills. So maybe, you know, for math, they were including the prices on different things and adding those up. Or photography, they were taking photos. Their social skills, they were interviewing this, um, you know, deli owner. So that was really inspirational. And I um, love learning about situations like that in which educators are creating multiple opportunities for their students. That's great to hear. And um, if you give the students a problem to solve and the right tools, the right platform, educate them with, with the right skills, and there we can see the magic happen. 
but we often don't see that happen in today's education systems. So if you had to make one immediate change to the education system, what would that be? The biggest one is having learning be more student driven as opposed to educator driven. So obviously educators can help um, provide students with the resources that they need, with the materials that they need, the content. Um, but instead of having a school format or class format be where students sit and they just listen to the teacher lecture to them, they take notes and then they regurgitate that onto an exam. Have it be something where the students are pursuing their, their passions. And of course, it's all aligned with the curriculum and the content. But the teacher acts more as a facilitator, kind of walking around the class, making sure that students are engaged in the project that they're working on, um, as opposed to having it be one way, um, you know, kind of learning acquisition and then students just take an exam. And a lot of the times forget that content, like right after the exam is over because they've memorized it. Um, the other change um, is really having it be cross-curricular. So instead of, and I can even speak to when I was teaching and also um, when I was a student, you would have you know, an hour for math, an hour for science, an hour for history, an hour for languages, and you just kind of go from class to class or the teacher comes to you. And that's not how the real world works. I can even say in my job, you know, if I'm working on a project, I don't have, okay, this time is only dedicated to calculating, you know, uh, data uh, and having math. And this is only for writing. Like I'm using everything all together. So the more that we can allow students to have cross-curricular projects where they're working on a project-based learning opportunity where they're in integrating all of those different subject areas and then the end result is something that a larger audience can see that's so much more meaningful than memorizing different facts and and putting them onto an exam. So that is the vision and I, I think a lot of schools are moving in that um, direction. Yes, learning has to be continuous and we have to aim to master the skills. Indeed, everything is connected. So how much of your creative ability do you think is innate? Or do you think that creativity is a skill that you have developed? I think it's both. I think that everyone can be creative um, and it's really about um, practicing that creative skill, um, almost like a muscle. Everyone uh, has muscles within their bodies. And if you are training and, and lifting weights, then of course you're, you're engaging and using those muscles. Creativity is something similar. So if you are, um, you know, practicing how to look at a problem from multiple angles and working on it, the iterative process. And, um, you know, even with design thinking, like building empathy and then coming up with multiple solutions, you have to be creative in that process. This is something you have and you can do, but also it requires practice. So I think uh, creativity, again, can be defined in multiple different ways. It's not just, um, you know, an artistic ability. It's something that you can kind of think across all different subject areas. And of course, when it's, um, you know, when it comes to artistic ability in particular and, and creativity in that sense, uh, some people do have, you know, more innate skills than others, but I do believe everything can be learned and everything can be practiced. So even if you are um, particularly gifted in a specific skill, if you never practice it and you never use it, then um, of course you're not going to excel as much as if you, if you practiced. Absolutely. Right now, you can use it or you can lose it. So right now, you're becoming a great role model for all our listeners. So if you could interview a creative person, past or present, who would it be? Oh, wow, that's a great question. 
Um, so it depends on uh, what genre, um, but I think there's a lot of authors uh, that I would love to interview. I think one of my favorite authors is, is Jane Austen uh, because she really challenged kind of, you know, women authors and uh, how to portray the society during that time. So um, in a sense, she is a creative, not in the artistic sense, but more of the literature and in uh, a writing sense. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, short story authors and um, American novelists that I'd, I'd want to interview. Um, so thinking about F. Scott Fitzgerald is another one of my favorite writers. Um, and I'm saying this as I, I studied literature in, <laughs> in university. Um, and then I think there's other creatives like in the performing arts. I think one of my biggest role models is Misty Copeland. She dances with the American Ballet uh, Company and um, is really active in bringing representation into the performing arts. Um, and then I'm trying to think, uh, there's, um, I think those would be the, the ones that I would be really interested in learning more. And um, any, um, you know, female role models like past, present and future that are really advocating for bringing more women into this specific uh, genre, I think is, is really empowering. Well, you mentioned ballet. I agree. It is so graceful. Using your body to express yourself. I love dance as well. It's just like meditation. But during this pandemic, I wanted to know what's the most important lesson that you have learned? That's a really good one. I think um, there have been many lessons uh, that we've all learned um, throughout the past year. Um, but I've seen a huge shift in, um, in education in particular. And I think um, one of the biggest lessons I have learned is just to dive in um, and not to be um, fearful. And a lot of times I think we are waiting for the right moment for something and we say, oh, in the future, I'll do this. And, you know, now is not the time, but I can do it in the next year or two. And then when the pandemic happened, a lot of us realized like our time is limited and, and we sometimes might not have that opportunity in the future. And I think this was particularly prevalent in education technology, where a lot of teachers perhaps were a little bit hesitant to use technology in the classroom or try new tools, which I completely understand because you're focusing on a lot of students. Learning something new sometimes can take a lot of time or, um, you know, if you're not familiar with it, can be a bit scary. But we were all thrown into the situation where there was no other choice, right? We couldn't be in person. We had to figure out how to use technology. And I saw so many educators just diving in and saying, okay, we need to figure this out. Students need to figure this out. Um, and we can all work together to make the best possible learning opportunity. Um, so I think that would be my biggest takeaway and, and everything is, you know, if you are passionate about something or you see an opportunity for something, just dive in and do it. Don't wait for the right moment because that, that moment might not ever come. Well, this pandemic has taught us a lot. Have you ever been enlightened by an event in the past or perhaps the present that has given you a new perspective on life? Prior to the pandemic, uh, I was traveling quite a bit. I was visiting a lot of different schools. And one of the most powerful um, events that I attended was our um, Education Leadership Summit in Japan. And I had never been to Japan before. Um, and worked out of that office for two weeks. I visited a lot of different schools in Tokyo and it just had such an impact on me because 
It was so different from anything I had ever experienced. The way in which teachers were working with students, just the overall society in general and how it's organized and it's very organized. And um, it, was, it was really a transformative experience. And I think uh, seeing other cultures and understanding um, as opposed to having an opinion about something, just taking a step back and trying to understand and absorb everything to really inform your perspective is so important. And I think especially in today's day and age and a lot of politics that are happening right now, um, people are so quick to have an opinion about something without actually taking a moment to step back and, and understand it or understand a different culture, or understand a different perspective. Um, so for me, that event was, um, truly transformative in that I, you know, learned how a completely different society functioned, a lot of great things from it that I think, you know, we could also learn from and to improve our own, uh, our own society functions. The self-reflection and thinking deeply when we meet people from different cultures, from different diversities, and we eventually notice that uh, we are all the same. It it just gives us uh, an approval and it helps us feel more confident about ourselves. Let's lighten the mood uh, a little bit with some fun questions. What's something that always makes you smile? Ooh, a lot of things, um, because I always try to look at um, the positive outlook um, on much of life. Um, but I would say little things like um, flowers. I always love having flowers in my house and um, those, you know, could bring happiness. Uh, being outside in the sun um, is, is, you know, you again with this pandemic, I think a lot of us have learned the simple pleasures in life and how we don't need so much uh, to feel happy. Embracing the little things and uh, embracing cultures, embracing what is around us. This pandemic has truly been very educational. What's the last book that you have read? Would you recommend it? Yeah, so the last book that I read was um, Eva Luna by Isabel Allende, and I would definitely recommend it. She is one of my favorite authors and um, very uh, focuses on a lot of feminist uh, themes. And um, her history like growing up in Latin America with um, a military coup and how that affected her family um, and so she focuses on many different aspects of society in a lot of her novels so I would recommend it. That's great so which color describes you as a person? Oh which color? Um, so my, I could say my favorite color my favorite color is purple um, I usually have everything purple uh, it's just a nice combination between um, kind of more of the warmer tones like reds and pinks and then like the the calmer tones of like blues and, and deeper colors so it's a nice combination between both I so resonate with your thoughts right now purple is my favorite color too if you could choose a theme song for the rest of your life what would it be oh gosh um so I love jazz and um, studied jazz a lot in college. And so um, I love the song Paper Moon by Ella Fitzgerald. It's um, really recommended and just in general, um, a lot of her classic songs. Well, that was fun. Maintaining the tempo, let's go ahead for a quick fire round. So which is your favorite Adobe EdTech tool for first uh, creativity? Ooh, for creativity, I would say Adobe Spark um, because it is super easy to use and you can create a graphic, a web page or a video um, in seconds. Okay, what about communication? 
Ooh, communication. Um, so it depends on what kind of communication, uh, but Adobe Rush, a Premiere Rush is great for videography because it has kind of more um, uh, functionality than Adobe Spark Video. And so it's really great to communicate your story and have uh, the visual, uh, the audio and, you know, kind of video components. What do you think about collaboration? Collaboration, yes. So I think one, collaboration is extremely important in, in all that we do, whether that's in school, of course, or in the workplace. Um, but I've seen a lot of collaboration with Adobe XD. So students are able to prototype um, different applications. We also have um, a program called Creative Jams in which it's almost like a hackathon in which students have a certain amount of time to create an app together based off of a prompt um, to solve an issue in their community. Um, so I've seen a lot, a lot of collaboration, especially around Adobe XD. Absolutely. I love Adobe XD and it is so simple to prototype your apps in there. What do you think about critical thinking and problem solving? Mm, critical thinking and problem solving. Um, in particular to Adobe apps, um, I would say Photoshop. Adobe Photoshop is really robust. Um, my first Jo marketing job out of teaching, I had to learn Adobe Photoshop um, on my own. So there's a so there's so much you can do. It's incredible. Um, so there's a lot of um, critical thinking that comes into play, trying to figure out which what are the right um, tools and features to use. Um, and definitely is, is a very, very creative uh, tool. Absolutely. Nothing can beat Adobe Photoshop. It is a classic and I'm so happy to be learning that tool right now still. So um, what do you think about curation? Which Adobe tool is the best? Yes, for curation. Um, let's see. Curation. I would say XD is great because you can curate a lot of different ideas uh, for different applications. Um, Adobe Spark I use on a daily basis um, to curate different web pages or posts. Um, and then obviously if it's more video curation, um, Premiere Pro and uh, Premiere Rush, you can curate a lot of the different videos and, and clips that you've created. But I've also used a lot of third-party apps actually for curation. So if I am creating like a Pinterest board that has a lot of resources from the Adobe Education Exchange or has different um, Spark pages or uh, Spark posts that I've created, I can put them all onto a collaborative Pinterest board. Um, and there's several other tools I know that teachers are using to, to better um, curate, but those are some that immediately come to mind. Well, those are great to hear. I love Pinterest myself. What do you think about global citizenship and character education? Yes, global citizenship and character education, one, are extremely important, especially in this day and age when everything is um, online. So we're really trying to figure out how to, um, from, from an online perspective, curate our digital citizenship and, and inform students how to become better digital citizens, but also digital leaders, um, because we're all digital citizens now, regardless of, of whether we want to be or not. Um, social media, obviously, is a very powerful tool to connect students to um, other thought leaders uh, within education. And I know, especially with the sustainable development goals, there's quite a, a large uh, global focus on that and, and working internationally with other students. Um, and in terms of uh, character development, I think uh, there's quite um, a few resources that educators can access and students um, 
especially with a focus on social emotional learning, building empathy, um, is as because some of the topics we were speaking about previously, really having empathy and uh, building those uh, skills to be able to better inform decisions, um, you know, create solutions for individuals um, that are really truly serving their needs. Um, and when it comes to uh, global citizenship, and in particular, a, a piece of that being digital, uh, Common Sense Media has some amazing resources um, for building really strong digital citizens. Um, really encourage educators to take a look at that in addition to students. Absolutely. Thinking about global citizenship and digital citizenship, uh, on the edX website, I've seen the course of digital literacy and it is such a great resource. Uh, when I was creating the Spark webpage, I could actually, you know, gain so much more knowledge and also become better at utilizing my creative skills. So previously you talked about having the right platform and the right opportunity. So that is a perfect example for that. Thank you so much for your time, Miss Clara. As we end the near of our uh, episode uh, so we have to the top three questions enlisted who or what has been your biggest inspiration in life I think um, just overall educators have been such a powerful inspiration um, to students everywhere and in particular I can think about um, some of the educators that I had the opportunity to um, study under within high school and within university um, but I think educators in general are and the educators I interact with on a daily basis are the biggest source of inspiration. Yeah, as students, we look up to educators, heroes that always educate us with all the skills that we need to become future better citizens. What words of inspiration were given to you that you would like to pass along to others? Yes, I think um, the most uh, important phrase uh, that I've learned for this year is that we are better together. So the more that we can collaborate with one another, the more that we can build our professional learning networks internationally online, um, the more we'll learn and the more that we can push education forward to improve our instructional practices. Um, so looking forward to continuing that connection uh, with educators around the world. Thank you so much. For students embarking on their journey to become Adobe Creative Educators, where can we find you online and who can we follow? Absolutely. So I will share out the link for the Adobe Creative Educator program um, on the Adobe Education Exchange. Um, so if you go to adobe.ly slash ace, all uppercase, you can access the Adobe Creative Educator program there. And just a little bit of inside information from Adobe, we are continuing to work on more opportunities for students in particular. Um, so stay tuned for some of that information that will be coming out um, you know, within the next uh, year or so. Um, but we also have our uh, Creative Club Network, which is for more of university campuses. But we're continued to be inspired by students like yourself um, who are really serving as thought leaders um, and ambassadors within their uh, educational institutions. So stay tuned for more coming out, but you can learn more about the Adobe Creative Educator program on that site. And then anyone who is listening to the podcast, if you're interested in connecting with me, um, you can add me on LinkedIn under uh, Clara Galan, or you can find me on Twitter at Ms. Claire Galan. Um, I'm on there frequently, so feel free to, to tweet, um, tweet me and I'll uh, respond and would love to connect with more educators and classrooms around the world. 
Well, thank you so much, Miss Clara. It was an honor and a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much to all our uh, listeners for tuning into the podcast, uh, the STG Warriors podcast, the episode "Educating the Whole Child with Focus on Social Emotional Learning Using the Power of Creativity for All." A true blue educator at in heart, an advocate for interdisciplinary learning and self. Thank you so much to one and all present here today. This is Simran Mohanty signing off.